The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 6. Glory to you. John 6, 25 through 35. When they finally found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe in you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Later tonight, we're going to be partaking of the bread of the sacrament. Jesus' body, broken for you. Because Jesus felt you were worth it. What a great occasion to celebrate at a Thanksgiving service that Jesus thought we were worth it. God incarnate, Jesus the Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the host of this communion banquet says each and every one of you are worth it. Think of what he went through for you. He died for each one of us. And he has invited each one of us personally to partake of the bread of life, of his very body, the bread that endures. How many of you have ever gone to your home bread box, taken out a piece of bread, maybe you're going to make a piece of toast, maybe you're going to make half a sandwich for a little snack, only discover it's been in there a little too long, Got a little mold on it, a little fuzz on it. It's a grocery item. It's perishable. You feed the birds with it rather than eat it yourself. It's a perishable item. Let's come back to that. Christmas seems still a little far off tonight, right? We've come to celebrate Thanksgiving, for crying out loud. What am I doing talking about Christmas? Well, I'm trying to think of the closest thing we would possibly have 
as a bread item that you would try to think of something that wasn't so perishable, wouldn't get that mold so easily. So I'm going to think of one of the most ridiculed Christmas traditions. You would know it as a holiday confection. Many people love to hate it. Yes, I'm talking about fruitcake. The poor, humble fruitcake. It's been the butt of a thousand jokes. Johnny Carson once quipped, you know, there's really only one fruitcake. People just keep passing it around. They re-gift it to each other every Christmas. Then he said to his sidekick, Ed McMahon, do you know why so many people think it's the perfect gift to send in the mail to somebody else? It's because even the postal department has not found of a way to destroy it yet. Well, there's other things he told Ed that you could do with that fruitcake. You could save up a bunch of them over the years, and you could use it to build a dike rather than sandbags the next time there was a flood over in Davenport. Or you could use it to tie down your house next time a hurricane was threatening to come. It's pretty heavy stuff. Maybe you have street dragsters that go down your street at night. You could use a few as speed bumps to slow them down. That might work. Yeah, there's a lot of things we can say about fruitcake. Now, how did I get off on the track about fruitcakes? Oh, yeah, because it keeps a long time without refrigeration. It's got all that good booze in it, so it doesn't get moldy. Well, the tradition of newlyweds, let's think about that. How many of you, I'm sure you do know, that a lot of them would take the top off of their uh, wedding cake and they'd put it in the freezer and they'd get it out a year later and they'd have it for their anniversary, that first anniversary. You're all familiar with that? I see a few heads nodding. Okay. Well, did you ever think, because it's supposed to be this old tradition, how did they do it? A hundred years ago, two hundred years ago. Do you know? The traditional wedding cake was a fruit cake. There you go. Yeah. And true to that custom, Prince William and Kate Middleton served fruit cake at their wedding. Did you know that? It's supposed to endure. It's supposed to last indefinitely. Okay, but we started out tonight. And we were comparing Jesus, the imperishable bread of life, with ordinary grocery bread and its mold. And I was trying to think of a bread item that wouldn't mold. But my point of this whole thing is, nothing earthly has near the shelf life that Jesus Christ can offer us, right? He's talking about eternity. He's talking about imperishability that you can never worry about ever losing or being destroyed. Jesus said in our reading tonight, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures eternal life. And here, by the way, he was not talking about fruitcake. He was talking about himself. He made that statement just after he had fed the 5,000. He fed them with barley, loaves, and fish, now he seems concerned that members of that same crowd with their beaming faces and their rumbling tummies have come because they've missed the morning meal 
He had fed them the night before. He had gone across, and they followed him to Capernaum. And they're hungry. Feed us, the way Moses fed his people that followed him. So he tells them, Moses didn't feed his people, God did. And here I am, and I will feed you with my imperishable self. You know, early missionaries that went to India came back and they talked to people about rice Christians. These were people who would show up eagerly and just pack the church to the gills and swear that they were professing Christians and they would get the rice that the missionaries would give them at the end of the service. When the rice ran out, so did those wonderful parishioners. And the missionaries realized they didn't come for the word, they came for the rice. Do you suppose Jesus, after working and teaching those people all day to the time of a meal and fed them, and they come the next day and they're saying, feed us. You can just picture them like little baby birds. Give it to me. Is he kind of muttering under his breath, these are the bread and fish Christians? He is challenging the crowd. Seek the food that will not perish. He even tells them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. These words of Jesus, simple to our ears, probably had a huge impact on the people of his day. Why? Because this culture had never heard of refrigeration, Tupperware, or Ziploc baggies for that matter. This culture believed that unless you had that food and dried it in the sun, or you salted it down, or you winnowed it out and stored it in a granary, you'd better eat whatever you thought you were going to eat right away, because it would perish. Food in the New Testament times was very perishable. It would go bad quickly. The gathering of food was a steady, serious business for all of those people of the era. It occupied almost all of their time. In fact, if you needed or wanted food, you better grow it yourself. So Jesus saying, I will feed you a food and it won't be perishable. Don't even work for perishable food. Look for the imperishable. I think they thought he was off his rocker. What nonsense? What are you talking about a food that's not perishable? Obviously, they'd never heard about fruitcake, right? But history proves it was not nonsense. Although his enemies imagined that nailing him to that cross, they would end his little imperishable crusade. They had not a concept of the power they were going to unleash, the power of the Spirit. Because there, on Calvary, Jesus was to die, but he would rise the third day. And the good news of his victory over death made them remember that he was imperishable. Indeed, he was the bread of life. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. 
You know, the same is true with our communion bread. When they first bought it at the store or made it at home and brought it in here, there wasn't anything special about that bread. It was bread. But it's going to be blessed tonight. And when it is blessed, God allows something very special and exceedingly holy to happen. It becomes the food that endures to eternal life. And the wonder, the sheer wonder of this meal is not what's on the menu, but who's on the guest list. You're on the guest list, right? Is there anybody here that's never sinned? What if they opened up all the jails and appointed you to open your home? They're all going to come to your home tomorrow. Feed them at your banquet table. How would you feel? You might not be so sure you want all of those people in your home. Some of them are chief sinners. Well, back up. Aren't we all chief sinners? But God, with unconditional love, seeing us through the filter of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Jesus said they're worthy. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. And we are welcomed. Indeed, we're invited to the banquet table. How extraordinary is that? By some mysterious means that we can scarcely comprehend, that same bread of life, the bread of heaven, the imperishable food is offered to us freely, freely given. There is no cost to it, and indeed you can't buy your way into heaven for any price, can you? Remember tonight, as you receive that bread and you drink that wine, the sacraments, the holy sacraments, that this bread was broken for you because he said you were worth it by faith alone. You were worth it because the host of this banquet says you are. He died for your sins. He invited you to take partake of his body, his body, the bread that endures, forever imperishable, our Savior eternal. Amen.